Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Go ahead, hit subscribe right there on YouTube if you're watching us and turn on those notifications and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today you are going to meet Megan Morin. I love her story because, of course, she's in the wellness space, but she's an entrepreneur several times over, and she's diving into those businesses, but also why she feels right at home with Melanated Beauty Spa after troubles with her own skin for 11 years of her life. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, hi, Megan. So nice to meet you as we were just getting acquainted and getting to know each other better. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We're just talking. We're both in Miami. So tell me a little bit more about you, what you do. I want to dive into all things Melanated Beauty Spa, but first I want to know who Megan is. So I am the founder of Melanated Beauty Spa here in uh, South Florida. We're actually located here in Hollandale Beach, Florida. Um, I wanted to open up this concept because I just really have always been passionate about seeing more people of color in spaces that are necessary for us. Um, Growing up, I actually shared this story with my staff this morning by our Zoom call um, about how yesterday we had this mom and daughter come in and it kind of like brought tears to me because I remember growing up, um, I think my parents are first generation, um, My parent, I'm first generation American, they're from the island of Haiti. And we just didn't have the luxury of, you know, going to spa days and Manny and Petties with parents and things like that. We just didn't have that, but I was introduced to it because I played soccer and um, a lot of affluent families put their children in competitive sports. So I was introduced through it that way. And I would oftentimes see my friends on soccer teams, like go get many petties with their moms or go have spa days. And like to see, um, you know, someone that looks like me and their daughter come in, um, book an appointment for their daughter and her daughter, like really enjoy the experience. It just really brought joy and warmth to my heart because these spaces are so necessary representation is so, so important because that young girl looking at me, looking at my staff sees that it's possible, whether she subconsciously knows it or not, it's something that will always be in her mind. I'm just very adamant about having more businesses that are inclusive to people of color. Absolutely. So you grew up in Haiti. No, I didn't grow up in Haiti. I grew up in in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is west of here. Um, my parents migrated from Haiti to New York and then, um, St. Petersburg, Florida, which is where my siblings and I were born. Um, and I spent 18 years of my life in St. Pete 
And then I went away to the University of Missouri where I studied broadcast journalism. And I saw that we had that in common. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know what? And that, <laughs> I love oh, growing up again, a lot of the work that I do, although it's a spa, my, I mean, my mission is so much more than just like facials and body waxes and beauty. It's, you know, representation in underrepresented communities. Um, and I think in my journalism, what brought me to journalism was because I wanted to share stories of people that didn't really have voices. Um, but when I got into the program and I realized that I was going to be controlled, I'm like, oh my God, I have too much personality. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was like, I really struggled with hard news. It was very, very difficult for me. Um, since I graduated, I never actually used my journalism degree. I actually uh, moved to London maybe a month or two after graduating. And um, like I said earlier, I have a lot of different talents. Um, and beauty has always been something that I've been passionate about, especially like um, fashion and things like that, skincare. And so I lived in London designing women's heels for a couple of years and it was a really great experience, learned a lot. Okay, so fashion, designing shoes, right, in London. Mm -hmm. And then you came back across the pond. Yes. <laughs> and and I dove right into entrepreneurship. Okay. And I haven't left, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know you have a few different businesses under your belt, right? Yes. So I've started, um, I've started businesses and the first, I guess I should have said this too. This was probably another thing why my professor saw that I was very passionate about, um, shoes. When I was in college, um, University of Missouri is in a very small town, um, called Columbia, Missouri. And I was working at Dillard's, um, in the shoe department. And I noticed that a lot of college students just couldn't afford, you know, $110 pair of shoes. Jessica Simpson shoes were very popular at the time. I got connected to a person that owns a wholesale shoe company. And I just got the idea. I was like, oh, could I purchase shoes in bulk and sell them? And so I ended up doing that in my college town. And thank God I had the best roommate ever because our apartment was legit a shoe boutique. Like you could not move without <laughs> a box of shoes somewhere. Um, so I ended up, I started a company in college called Shoe Aside. And um, <laughs> I just, I sold the crap out of shoes and heels. Cause I knew that the girl, like as college students, you just couldn't afford, you know, $110 pair of shoes, which was like the average price of the Jessica Simpson shoe. Yeah. And it sounds like that's kind of where you caught your entrepreneurial bug at the time. Oh my gosh, no. My dad was an entrepreneur. So <laughs> okay. I have, honestly, it's always been in my DNA. Like growing up, um, single parent household, my dad raised us. He owned an auto body shop that was literally in walking distance of the house. So when he would pick us up from school, we would oftentimes go to his shop. I was either doing some type of paperwork or answering the phone or cleaning up. Um, my dad was never the type to not be teaching. Any moment he had an opportunity to teach, he's teaching. <laughs> um, and he was not the type of parent to have his kids just sit around and not do anything. Um, so I definitely, I mean, at a very early age, um, had a taste of entrepreneurship and saw, you know, like what it really takes to make things happen. And when he was showing you, teaching you 
um, as you were growing up, what stood out to you about it? Um, how he was able to manage being a father, being a soccer coach, being a business owner, uh, being a mentor, being a leader. <laughs> I, was, I, uh, those, I definitely, I admired that and um, his perseverance and determination to just get things done and never, ever, ever complain. Um, yeah, it's not easy. So it's something that I definitely admire about him and still do to this day. Absolutely. Um, and you were like, hey, I, I want to take the not so easy path myself. And now I'm hard headed. <laughs> the thing is, my personality, I can't, uh, I just, I cannot work for someone. I don't know what it is. I, I much rather have to hustle hard um, for myself. And it's like, I'm doing it because I'm passionate about this person and I see the vision for what I want to create in my life and like my kids' lives and my family's life. Take me through the businesses that you started and how that led to Melanated Beauty Spa. So um, when I came back from London, I started a social media marketing company um, and I started to, and in St. I don't, St. Pete, Florida, um, it's like, it was on the up and up. I mean, they're booming right now, doing very, very well. And we started to have a lot of restaurants pop up. Um, and one of my good friends from college, he was like, hey, um, he sent me this video of this guy that was like crushing it with social media marketing. And it wasn't like a really big thing at the time. Right. Um, and so what I did was I just honestly, I knocked on restaurant doors and I pitched them a package and that's how I closed all my deals. And it was new to them, but oh, I was just, I was excited. I was happy. I was making it work. I was showing up. Um, and, and were you doing everything yourself? I was doing everything myself. I was shooting, I was editing, I was <laughs> making the invoices, I was doing the pitch, to, I was doing everything myself. Um, yeah, every single thing myself until um, I made enough money to start hiring some graphic designers to bring okay. on board. Yeah, so I had that. And then in between that, um, while I was doing that, I met um, my business partner for my next venture called Think Global. Um, which originally was called the Doyen, Co well, which was originally the Doyen Company. Um, and we wanted to, both of us were entrepreneurs. We came together um, and just started working on our separate businesses together and realized that we were much stronger together. And she was weak where I was strong and um, I, sh um, I was strong where she was weak. So it was just, it was like the perfect pair. And we both were very, very passionate about finding, creating workspaces where women actually frequented. Because at the time when work, like when we work and all these other like mom and pop boutique workspaces were popping up, really you only saw a lot of white males who were either techies or engineers um, being members of those spaces. So it was just like a space where I didn't feel like I could really connect with anyone or people, um, or I could find people that understood like my personal journey. And so we decided to do these things called um, pop-up co-working days. And what we did, I would go to a coffee shop or say a restaurant that would open up in the evening and ask the owner if we could occupy the space um, and run it like a workspace. And a lot of times we got a yes. And so we started off with 12 
women our first month. And by month three, we had 150 to 200 women coming out um, to these work pop-up co-working days. What we saw is just that one, energy is so important when you're building your community. How excited are you? What resources are you providing for your community? Um, and are you filling a void in your community's <clears throat> lives? And I think that we hit the nail on just not, there just wasn't a space where women could come together and feel empowered to do what they wanted to do. And so um, we had some success with that. And since we were a pop-up, we were just like, you know, we should probably um, see doing a brick and mortar and opening up a workspace where we cater not only to just women, but really um, underrepresented people, uh, people of color who oftentimes just don't have access to the space, whether it's because it's not in their neighborhood or um, financially, it's just not something that they see obtainable. So um, fast forward, it led us to moving to Miami and opening up um, Think Global here in Little Haiti. And um, unfortunately, we opened up right when the pandemic hit. It was like legit right when it hit. <laughs> and they shut everything down. So it was not the easiest road. Like, I didn't feel like the pressure, I guess, because I just kept, I kept thinking, like, we just got to keep moving, got to keep solving, like, how we're going to pay the bills. Because um, at the end of the day, everyone's going to want their money. So it was just like, we had to figure out like how to continuously pay the bills. And we did not have the easiest landlord. At, at that time, what, this was early 2020 or end of 2019? Early, early 2020. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Because we, um, we did our soft opening end of 2019. And then our grand opening was going to be uh, I think it was like April 15th or something like that of 2020. Oh and goodness. it was right, yep, it was right when the pandemic was like you, yeah. Because all before this, you were growing Think Global through pop-up at different locations. Then you had saved the money to say, hey, we're going to open up our own brick and mortar and have this space for um, women of color, people of color, underrepresented communities. Yeah. For a, and we plan to open right at the start of the pandemic. And so what was going through your mind at that time? How long did you kind of keep things going? Or, you know, we kept it going all throughout. Yeah, we kept it going all throughout um, 2020. Up until April 30th of 2021 is when we decided to shut down the business. And um, I mean, both Janine and I were just exhausted from it. Um, the one of the things that for me that I realized with that business is like, it's really a charity. And at the end of the day, I want to make money too. Like I can't help the way I want to help if I'm not making money. And um, to with the Think Global concept of really trying to change people's minds on how they um, perceive, you know, their life and what they can obtain is a very difficult task. Um, and with Think Global, that was our challenge. We had to educate people as people of color who oftentimes, you know, never had someone, you know, showing them the importance of um, finding, of just like having their own business and what that can mean for their community. With that business, it was just, it was very, very difficult. It was so draining, it was so taxing to have to um, deal with that and like the bill and just trying to figure out different ways to get creative, to make sure we're 
staying on top of paying the bills. It was just very, it was a lot. You mentioned the word exhausted. A lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, I'm sure, can relate to feeling that way throughout the pandemic. And in general, right, it's just hard building something from the ground up, but especially over the last year and a half. Was there anything you were doing throughout that time that you felt exhausted to for your own wellness to help keep you grounded throughout all of that? No, I was hustling like no other. And looking back, I was like, oh, my God, until this day, I still haven't taken a break. So there was nothing that I was doing um, for myself personally. For others, I was doing a lot because um, I always feel like I'm I'm always going to be good. It's some, you know, I feel like I'm always going to be good and I don't really take time for myself because I'm always doing. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I can't. Yeah, there was absolutely nothing that I was doing for myself which was not a good thing, but I can say I didn't feel like it wore on me because I was such in like problem solving mode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> in survival mode. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You have to do what you have to do, right? For me, I think about it. I'm like, I don't nec- I don't feel bad. I work out a lot. I will say I work out a lot. Okay. Um, I so make you time create to space work. for that. So yes, I do work out. I do not play about my 5 a.m. workouts <laughs> or my 7 p.m. Like I, yes, I do. That is an outlet for me. Um, but as far as like uh, just anything else, I don't, other than working out, I don't really, yeah, I would say working out is my outlet. That's my, that's my thing. <laughs> so fast forward to Melanated Beauty Spa. Take me from April 30th of 2020, which was obviously a really challenging time. Um, what were you going through over the coming weeks and months and as far as figuring out what was next? Yeah, so Melanated actually came in mind um, October of 2020 or September of 2020. Um, I was just driving around and prior to driving around, I had written down like businesses in Miami that I deemed that could be successful. Um, I knew Miami, I wanted to live here. I told myself five years, and what am I gonna create here in five years that can um, become a franchise? And so um, as I was driving around uh, September, early October, and I saw this building and I was like, oh my gosh, that's gonna be the spa. I literally, I just said that I was like, oh, that's going to be the spot. And I turned around and I knocked on the door and the real estate agent that opened up, opened the door up. I knew her and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what? And so she was like, yeah, I just took over this trying to find a tenant. And so that's where the relationship started. Um, the relationship started to grow as far as like, am I going to really do this? Um, I started to write down my business plan um what i wanted to create what i wanted the melanated beauty brand to become and so um from october to december i started building out the team i got someone to do uh, the branding for me um got a, a marketing person and um i had the finances to get some of it started and i honestly just took a really big risk because truthfully i didn't know in college, I had I was work I worked at a spa, uh, a med spa, so I had some experience of like knowing what goes into it. And then also, with my skin journey, I frequented a lot of spas when I was a young adult. Um, 
and met some really cool estheticians. And so, and I've always been very observant when I walk into spaces. And so I knew what I needed and I did research on what it would cost to build out each room, um, got quotes from interior designers because I really do like to have nice things. Um, and so <laughs> I was like, okay, realistically, if I want to be at this spa, what is it going to cost? <laughs> um, and so I started to just plan out financially what that looked like. And um, I signed December and um, Mother's Day weekend, we opened our doors and the rest Congrats. is history. Congratulations. I want to know yeah. more about that, but I want to ask, you mentioned with your skin journey. Um, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about that. From age 14, till 25, I had severe cystic acne and hyperpigmentation across my cheeks. And um, it was something I struggled with uh, for a really long time. What is that, like 11 years? Um, and I went to every dermatologist. Um, I went to so many different estheticians. Try, I mean, my dad and my mom spent so much money really trying to help me out, especially being in college and being a journalism major. I didn't like to be on camera because the makeup that we put on, you would see, you know, the bumps and it just wasn't, I just, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. My confidence was so low. I hated looking in the mirror. And um, it wasn't until I found an esthetician that taught me how to really take care of my skin. I met with her. She recommended that um, I come back to her a year later after I um, take get on Accutane. She was like, you have very severe acne, and I think that you should um, ask a doctor and see if you would qualify for Accutane. And I did. I was completely like taken back with like the drastic change that I saw in my skin, and my confidence like completely shot up. And I went back to that esthetician and she took great care of my skin and introduced me to really great skincare products that I still use till this day um, and taught me the difference between, you know, melanated skin and white skin. And she was like, it's just a completely different ball game. So um, a lot of estheticians just, they're not educated on it, but she took the time to learn about our wow. skin and she was able to help me. So. I just, I still, I still communicate with her till this day, actually. Oh my goodness. Um, because that was life-changing for you. Oh my gosh, girl. But I mean, my, it was so bad. Like the acne I had was so severe. And that's why I feel for anyone that is going through, um, you know, severe acne. And I'm always constantly researching and thinking about different ways to help um, heal their skin. Cause I, I know it's not fun. It's not comfortable. Right. And it really took you finding the right person who really understood mm -hmm. melanated skin versus white skin. And what did she yes. tell you as far as, Hey, caring for your skin, this is why it's different and how you have to treat it. What, what was really your introduction to that? Or conversation? One, she told me that, um, I need to drink a lot, a lot of water because acne is oftentimes related to very dry skin. Um, and I needed to keep my skin hydrated. Um, and then also cleansing, not two times a day, but three times a day. And then also wearing sunscreen was super important. Um, she was like, you should never go a day without wearing sunblock. Um, be mindful of the foods that you eat, especially as you get older. 
that could be an issue. And then also um, because I have, and I still, I have acne from skin. I feel like I can still go back at any moment if I am not keeping up with it for sure. And I see it like if I get super stressed and, you know, I'm not drinking water and I start to eat out all the time and I'm drinking alcohol and alcohol is the worst thing. Oh my gosh. She was like, just stay away from it if you can um, because it dehydrates you. It doesn't do anything good for you. Was that experience a big part of your motivation behind Melanated Beauty Spa? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes. Because I, people like really don't believe this, but I am a crier. I cry. (laughs) (laughs) And I, there have been so many times I walked into a spa and I just felt terrible because they couldn't help me. I'm already sad about my skin and the customer service was so bad. And I would just walk out and I would just be in tears. And it was just, it was a mixture of everything. One, that I have bad skin. Two, that this place was just, I felt they were mean to me. (laughs) And I didn't get what I needed, what I came for. And so I was just like, I don't ever want a customer. And my, oh my gosh, my girls will tell you this all the time. They'll say like, oh my gosh, Miss Maggie, you sound like a broken record. I'm like, yes, you have to understand. No customer can leave here unhappy. Everyone has to be happy. Absolutely. I think we've all had that experience where we go in someplace and they almost criticize us to sell us something. (laughs) And that doesn't feel good. She was like, we have nothing here to offer you. And that just made me feel so, oh my God. It made me feel so, so sad to me. I wish that she would have told me in a much like softer way, like, listen, sweet, like, Listen, Megan, unfortunately, we just haven't been educated in your type of skin and what you're going through. Um, But I would love to recommend you somewhere because, I mean, your skin, it's it's so personal. People don't realize, like, the impact that they have on others. And probably that person that said that to you doesn't even remember that day. Yeah, I know. has no idea. So tell me about Melanated Beauty Spa. I know we've been talking about it. So really about, you know, your mission, which I understand much better now because of your own personal story, but mm-hmm. who, you, who your customers are, who it's right for, the type of services you provide. My mission is twofold. One, I wanted to hire young women, young estheticians who are women of color um, to get an opportunity to work in what I've consider melanated as a mid to luxury spa and to be able to get an opportunity when they get out of school and to work in a spa where customer service is so important. I do continuous training with my girls, um, whether it's in sales, um, whether I bring in an esthetician that's been in the uh, industry for um, 10 to 15 plus years. And then the other thing I wanted to provide a spa where people of color could come, whether you're a male, female, mom, dad, daughter, son. Um, I think it's important that we show that we too can have these conglomerates grow and they can be everywhere. And we have the money, we have the disposable income as well to enjoy these luxuries. And I wanted to also make a spa where people like myself that struggled with um, problematic skin are able to pay a monthly fee and have access to an esthetician bi-weekly at an affordable rate. So we have our skin membership, which is 99 bucks a month. 
and um, we have three other memberships as well. We have our wax member, our body contouring membership, and then our lash membership. But the skin membership is like the most important to me because I personally have dealt with that. Um, and so I wanted to create something where, you know, our customers feel like they are always being treated on a bi-weekly basis and we're actually, we're results driven in that sense. Awesome. And I've noticed also just from seeing your content online that it's not only for women, but also for men. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> men, and that's the thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, once guys come in, they love it. Like, <laughs> men are big babies. They love to be pampered. They love to be massaged and treated. And, yes, no, men 100% love it. And often, I think it's just once you give them that extra push, a lot of times, our men, um, they're always rebooking and even the men become, some men even become members, um, but they're not going to be vocal about it. I'm not going to say any names, but y'all probably know some of them. <laughs> so what are the questions that someone should ask if they're trying to find the right person to, you know, treat their skin? I would ask, do they understand what your Fitzpatrick is? That's like number one. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's so important. If they do not understand your Fitzpatrick, just say, thank you so much for the opportunity and find somewhere else. <laughs> Cause you cannot treat someone's skin properly if you do not understand their Fitzpatrick. And um, if they don't understand your Fitzpatrick, that means they don't understand what products and ingredients um, your skin can take and cannot take. And so, I mean, really that that's the first question and then um if they do understand your fitzpatrick i would um ask them and this is where you also kind of have to be knowledgeable yourself um ask them what type of products do they use um, medical grade products depending on certain types of fitzpatrick's can be better for problematic skin um and then we do carry a vegan line as well and so depending on the type of Fitzpatrick, what your um, allergies you may have or may not have um, is also important too. And so if anyone has any type of food allergy, you never know that putting that as a topical on their face, they could have an allergic reaction as well. So making sure your esthetician understands like what um, reactions you could possibly have as well if you do have any allergies. Awesome. And lastly, is there um, a tip that you would offer to people in general, as far as maybe those who are entrepreneurs and business owners and struggling with that kind of carving out just a little bit of time to take care of the things they need so they can be their best. What would be a tip that you have? It's a good question. I would say spend time alone. I think it's a really good, like spend time in quiet in a really comfortable space, whether that is, you know, your quiet is getting a facial or getting treated at a spa or getting your nails done um, or going for a walk or sitting on your couch with a candle lit um, and a glass of wine. But I really <laughs> think that I find a lot of peace in um, one working out, but then two also sitting in silence mm -hmm. in a very comfortable setting. I love that. It's a great yeah. tip. Megan, this has been really, really great. Tell everyone where they can find you, connect with you, learn more about Melanated Beauty Spa, all the good stuff. And I'll make sure to link to that below. Yes. So you guys can find us at um, melanatedbeautyspa.com. 
And you can also follow us on IG. We're very active on our Instagram account. Also TikTok, you know, we're starting to, um, to come on TikTok and like do more fun things. All of our handles are Melanated Beauty Spa, um, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, or Instagram, you can follow us there. No, this yes. has been great. I really appreciate you sharing your story and it really helps me get the full picture of your entrepreneurial journey, your health journey, oh, and how that you. led you to where you are now. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed Megan's story just as much as I did, learned a little bit more about how to care for your skin and why overall wellness is just so important, especially if you are an entrepreneur. So make sure you go below in the show notes, connect with Megan, find out more about Melanated Beauty Spa, go ahead and check them out. And hey, if you're not connected with me already, check me out too. I'm all the places, but I'd especially love if you subscribe on YouTube, turn on notifications, and connect with me on LinkedIn. And until I see you back next week, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.